0: This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 634 of the Good Neighbor Podcast, and today we have Nicole Cruz. She's with Circle C Farm. Nicole, how are you doing?
1: I am great. How are you, Charlie?
0: Uh, I'm doing terrific, and as I shared with you, Nicole, before we did our live thing here, I'm really looking forward to this, you know, the the, the wonderful thing about the Good Neighbor podcast, it exposes good neighbors and, and great businesses and love, love, love what you're doing. I know for Barb and I and, and our friends and families, you know, grass fed beef and, mm-hmm. and farm fresh eggs. I mean, there's a big, big difference. So hopefully you'll get into that a little bit. But I'm spoiling <laughs> your story. I'm going to switch over. Let's give you the mic. Nicole, tell us about Circle C Farm.
1: Well, thank you so much. This is an awesome opportunity to share with our community about us. Uh, We are actually the only farm in the state of Florida to have a USDA inspected facility on our farm for both red and white meat. So what that actually means is we have a privately owned USDA inspected facility and we harvest all of our own livestock in our private facility under inspection. We have an inspected butcher shop and we sell our meats our eggs our honeys everything direct to consumer both locally and around the country on our website and so that's the wow. really short version
0: Wow, yeah. <laughs> a lot going yeah. on uh let's get into the history you know not only your journey but you know the history of the company and and how it started i mean just just kind of a a, a short little side John here, so we're from Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. And back when I was a kid, there was this little convenience store. Back then, 7-Elevens were everywhere. And I loved it because Slurpees and all that. I mean, it didn't get any better as a kid, you know. Um, But, you know, there were these little convenience stores called Wawa. And uh, actually, there was only one and I lived right near the original. And um, and I know they're just, just kind of infiltrating Florida here, but, you know, back then the story was, I think it's true, is, is this family had a dairy farm okay. and they just said, wow, you know, we can kind of direct directly sell our farm products ourselves. And one thing led to another and, hmm. and now they're all over the East Coast. But anyway, that's let's really- talk about Circle C Farm and not Wawa here.
1: Okay. No, that, that's really interesting history. Because yeah. I wouldn't have thought that, you know, a local gas station chain that's come to our area that started out as a farm farm market, yeah. farm local, you know, fresh products. So that's great. So that's yeah, that, that yeah. on my tidbit list of things I know now.
0: <laughs> and I'll give you another piece of trivia. Wawa was actually the name of the town where the farm was.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: So, and, and it was, uh, I guess, big Native American, again, I, I'm not going to give you the, the real facts, but, you know, I, I think... Uh, that that Wawa name came from the, the Native Americans. Yeah, okay. yeah.
1: That is neat, anyway, that's great.
0: History.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we- So circle we
0: had, C, yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
1: we started in 2015 and we actually started with our, our chicken eggs. And as a result of those being so popular and people, the demand increasing for those you know, every week, um, the next question came, well, if you have chicken eggs, then you must have chickens. And then it was, of course, well, if you have chicken eggs and you have chickens, now we want chicken, like meat chicken. And I said, well, there's a difference between laying hens and meat chickens. And so we talked about different breeds and like purposes and things like that. So it's kind of an evolution process naturally um, from a truly organic standpoint. Um, so that's been really neat. So when we started with the chicken eggs, we then progressed to the chicken meat. And then of course, everyone said, oh my gosh, your eggs and your chicken meat are incredible. So what else do you have? What other meats do you have? And as you know, oftentimes in business, things snowball in such great positive ways. And so we (laughs) went from chicken eggs to chicken meat, and then we went to um, our beef and our lamb, and then we added in more poultry. So then we added in more ducks and our turkeys, And then of course those people that liked our chicken eggs said, well, do you have your ducks? So do you have duck eggs? So we kind of went forward and back, you know, that way. And so that's how we have ended up where we are with hundreds of products that we sell directly to consumer. And it's just evolved over the last five to six years. And it's been fun, but it's been a crazy wild ride. (laughs) It's like a bull ride.
0: That's A lot in five years. Yeah,
1: it is. Wow. It is.
0: Wow, I so many questions. All right, I'm going to start with go for it. The difference between a duck egg and a chicken egg. Do you use a duck egg, this egg, the same way as you would a chicken egg?
1: Yeah, you can. Uh, the biggest difference is you'll notice in a duck egg, the yolk itself is much larger. It can be um, as much as a, a one and a half to two times the size of a chicken yolk. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that a lot of bakers prize themselves upon is getting hold of duck eggs. Because they often say, and it's known that the duck eggs are better for baking in many ways. Uh, some people say it's a greater moisture content or just the duck egg mm-hmm. itself is just different and it, it produces a different product. So that's one of the biggest differences as far as usage. Relative to consuming, I think they're both great. and But one of the things you will notice is that the duck egg is a little bit more dense. Maybe it um, tastes a little bit richer. And some sometimes depending on the person and their, their tongue and their sensitivities. But, but those are the big things that I've had feedback and I've noticed personally between the two, but they're, they're both heavily off the pasture.
0: (laughs) And speaking of density and yolk size and all that, you know, I had the pleasure in the past of receiving, I was the recipient of farm fresh eggs from a friend and, I could not get over the difference Mm -hmm. holy moly everything from the the thickness of the shell to the yolk size
1: to the taste yes tell us more well and it's interesting that you brought those things up because one of the things that a lot of times people do notice is the duck egg shell is much harder than a chicken egg shell Mm. and i really don't know like I haven't gone back to to do my egg history. So I'll put that on my 2022 list of things to, you know, tidbits of things to learn, (laughs) Uh, but noticeably different. Uh, One of the other things too, is people sometimes don't know that ducks actually lay their eggs on the ground. Whereas chickens Mm. will lay their eggs in the coop or lay on the ground if there's no coops around, but if they have an elevated space, they'll hop up into that coop or that little nesting box and they'll lay there but ducks don't hop up they don't perch in that way so when people look at our truly pasture raised eggs they'll see the they'll see maybe some staining from the grass or they'll see some staining from the ground even though the egg's been washed it's just a very different like an idiosyncrasy between the two, so it's kind of interesting because yeah, yeah. it's um you pick it up and it's a heavier egg, it's a bigger egg, oftentimes, yeah. yeah, like sometimes they're like two two times maybe three times the size of a chicken egg, and sometimes I wonder those poor duck hens um but um, <laughs> <'cause they laughs> lot, so you know it's been a very um, glorious morning um yeah. but uh but yeah, that's one of the biggest differences between the two.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then the the difference between the uh, the chicken egg Mm -hmm. that we get at the farm versus the ones we get in the store. Mm -hmm. Same kind of, you know, I have found some somewhat dramatic differences between Mm -hmm. the two. Right.
1: They they are. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you point that out, because that is one of the things that uh, our clientele really enjoys about our pasture raised eggs, because. The eggs that you buy in the grocery store can be as much as 5 to 6 months old when you purchase them. And so people think that they're getting fresh eggs or fresher eggs and they're really months old and they're also pasteurized. So our eggs that come off our farm are not pasteurized, which means we haven't heat treated them, and they are completely raw in that sense, but they're also super fresh. Like fresh like off the pasture the day before or off the pasture that morning, you know, or within the last couple days. And so as awesome as that is, and you get the flavor and you get the fluffiness in those eggs, the only downside to a fresh egg is the fact that you need to wait about five to seven days to hard boil them. Because what happens is the lining on the inside of that egg, if it hasn't separated completely, you will end up using your thumb to take the egg out of the inside of the shell for those hard boiled eggs. So that's that's a little tidbit that some people don't realize. And until they've been with us or they've made that mistake once, they'll say, why can't I get the egg out? It comes out and I've got these pieces. I'm like, yeah, give it a few days. So buy your dozen for your deviled eggs and leave them in the back of the fridge for five or six days. And then buy your dozen for your pan frying, like right away. So
0: Nicole, (laughs) I can't help myself here, but you know, this phrase just keeps popping out in my head. You are, an expert. Oh,
1: uh, yes, I am. Thank you very much. All
0: right. <laughs> That's funny. And one last like I, again, I I I feel I said probably sound like I'm a, a city boy, you know, uh, I I was actually raised in the suburbs, but uh I didn't realize that eggs and you mentioned, you know, the eggs we get in the supermarket are 4 or 5 years mm-hmm. or five years months old. Mm-hmm. Um and probably some of our listeners are going, "Oh, wow, you know, you think they would they would go bad, but eggs fresh from the chicken or whatever you know mm-hmm. they can just sit on your counter yeah. you don't have to put them in the refrigerator right i mean they are going to last for how does that work again i want to yeah. hear from the egg expert
1: no 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 and and you you saw my eyes jump a little bit i think yeah right. so all right so let's go through that those are great those are um perfect questions for oh, relative oh you're egg. too nice nicole um, they're eggcast they're eggtastic questions How's that <laughs> um, so, okay, so yes, technically, you can leave your chicken eggs on the counter if you've taken them out of the coop and they've not been washed. Finger. Because okay. when you wash them, you're taking off the protective layer that the that coating that the laying hen leaves on the outside of the egg as she's laying the egg. And mm-hmm. the purpose for that coating is to keep anything from penetrating the shell and whether it's bacteria, um, but anything like that, it's just to keep that shell solid and um, to create a barrier, a health barrier, if you want to refer to it that way. And so once you wash them, you've removed that barrier. And therefore, that shell has the ability to be permeated or penetrated with any number of things, you know, like, again, going back to bacteria and just from food safety standpoint. So if you're getting them out of the coop, like if you have your own chickens, no problem, get them out. You can leave them on the counter for a period of time and then use them. Now hmm. I always default, even when I take them out of my coop here, I'll if I'm leaving them on the counter, I only leave them for a couple of days and then I'll wash them up and throw them in the fridge. Um, but importantly when you get an when you get eggs that have been washed, You want to put them into refrigeration because you want to continue to keep them from a food safety standpoint. You don't want things, you don't want bacteria to go through the egg, and you know. But you also want to cook your egg completely when you eat it. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of answers that kind of answers that. (laughs)
0: So we we, want to keep everyone safe, Nicole. Thank you.
1: We do, do, (laughs) and and so we we get that question a lot because when we ship around the country, we actually ship our unwashed eggs. And so we send them with cookie or we send them with egg cleaning instructions because we pull the clean ones out of the coop and we ship them that way because we don't ship with refrigeration. So by shipping them that way, it travels in a from a food safety standpoint, nice and healthy. They get to your house where they, you know, into your front door and you wash them up and put them straight into the refrigerator that same day and you're good to go.
0: fascinating, fascinating. All right. So started this in 2015. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your journey. You know, how did you get to this point?
1: Well, my husband, Manny, grew up in big agriculture. So that's good because he has a background in large, large volume of livestock. Mm -hmm. Um, He grew up in a dairy and in a creamery. So his grandparents actually had a creamery that made milks and ice creams and butters. And so that was really cool. So he's come with that experience as well as large herds of cattle and pigs, which is a drastic compare or um, opposite from the fact that I grew up in a non large agriculture environment. And I grew up with a, um, in a small family that had a couple of horses and dogs so it's a completely opposite side of agriculture Mm -hmm. and its picture um but it's been a long learning curve but a very quick learning curve and um so we started in 2015 and then we got um rocking and rolling after that point we all dealt with hurricane irma in 2017 and so that wiped us out completely we lost all of our all of our meat chickens most of our laying hens um all of our trees, Whoa. we literally got wiped out. Uh, we got hit at the big farm, which is out here in Felda. And that took all of our buildings and all of our poultry and killed everything and destroyed all those buildings. And our farm in Bonita at the time where our laying hens were, it took out half the barn and almost every single laying hen. Because we wow. had, yeah, we were at the eye of the storm in Bonita and we were yeah. the northeast eye wall out here in Felda. And so in addition to the hundred, the 90 to 142 mile an hour winds, we had two tornadoes. So mm. yeah, so that being said, we kind of had a little setback in 2017 <laughs> and we had to start over. Um, that took us probably three to six months to really get going back because livestock take uh, that long. So poultry, for example, like this week, we have poultry coming in, we have baby chickens and turkeys coming in the chickens take for us on pasture take three to four months in order to be ready to harvest. So it's twice as long as the commodity or conventional environment. So once hurricane Irma occurred, it wiped us out. We started over. It took us three to six months to have actual meat back ready to go. So that was kind of a little setback and a little bit of a, a significant learning curve, I think, in how to be, differently prepared and how to anchor systems differently moving yeah. forward and you know things like that so um that but then moving on once we recovered from that then we uh, have added additional species and we've expanded and we've grown and then um we did a remodel earlier this year on our butcher shop because along with many of the industries COVID has impacted a lot of things or the demand for food both locally and around the country has shifted a little bit as well. So we made those adjustments to meet the demand and to grow for um, the increased clientele that we've had Um, for individuals, you know, looking for meats from, you know, from, from our pasture to their plate, but looking for meats to be delivered directly to them. And so Mm. we've worked to grow to meet that demand as well.
0: Yeah. 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 How about, misconceptions what comes to mind what do you hear that you can speak to in your industry
1: well i think that one of the big things is everybody looks around and goes oh farming oh i can have livestock oh i can put plants in the ground i can grow stuff i can you know it doesn't what does it take to have a chicken really you just put food out and that's it you know you've got cattle oh you just give them grass so I, (laughs) i think the big thing is is that There's um, sometimes for the city folk or the suburban folk, not quite the rural folk, um, there's a disconnect between the amount of time, energy, Mm. money, talent, um, uh, minutes in the day that it takes in order to do this and to do it well, and to meet the true demands of animal husbandry and to do it in a way that really is respectful to the livestock that you're raising, as well as the the other side, which is a reality, is the benefit to, from where you started and where you're harvesting, getting all of those animals to the harvesting process. And so the biggest myth would be the fact that farming is easy and that it's cheap <laughs> and that it can be done with um, as a second or third job and um, that it isn't gonna consume you all the time. <laughs> if, if I could wrap all that up into one little minute. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to open a business that does consume you all the time, but it's a whole different matter when you have all these little lives, depending on you and your team and yeah. Yeah. Things like hurricanes and, and, and my goodness, sickness, disease. I'm sure that's also a concern. And, uh, so, uh, wow. I, I can't even imagine how consuming that must be. So speaking of all consuming business, uh, those few seconds that you have for fun. What are you doing?
1: You mean like, where do we go for date night?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, there we go. <laughs>
1: well, oftentimes date night is actually fixing fences and waterers. So, um, you know, it's, it's farming is definitely a 100% consumption activity. Now, but really uh, when when we're not farming, we like to explore different things that are going on here in Florida you know, we, we like to see what else other small businesses, what they're doing. We like to shop local. We like to go out and see how other farms are doing their thing, um, especially when it comes to agritourism. We have, Florida's incredibly full of amazing farmers and products and things we grow and raise. And so Manny and I try to go visit some of those other farms to see what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, also, because it gives us a chance to see more of Florida and it gives hmm. us a chance to look at, you know, what are some things that are efficient for the way they're farming and or how are they presenting their agritourism piece? Because we do do some tours here on the farm and we're trying to get that situated to maybe get something set up for February this year. And um, it's a lot of fun. It's it's nice to see what other journeys other farmers have been on. Yeah.
0: And so, yeah. Kind of I'm a long answer right? to, your,
1: to your question. But yeah. yeah.
0: No, I, I thought you were going to say, you know, I had the, the vision of, uh, you know, bringing you, you and Manny getting on horseback and going to the edge of the field and pull oh, okay. out the picnic blanket and the, you know, the basket with the sandwiches and stuff we see on TV. So,
1: yeah. okay. Well, okay, okay. So we have an ATV and a group of trees. So yeah, right. we'll, we'll go hang out over there, but we we don't usually take the horses because then they get restless. So we'll, we can sit over there uh, can see that. Yeah. But yeah, we, we do speak off to the pastures.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Uh, how about one thing you wish our listeners knew about Circle C Farm? What would that be?
1: Uh, that we are truly a first generation farm here in the in southwest Florida that we live on our farm that we take care of all of our livestock every single day ourselves, along with an amazing but small team that we have and that um, we really appreciate the support that we've gotten from the community. Uh, we, as a, as a local farm, everything we've done has been truly organic in the sense it's been mostly word of mouth for our farm store and our farm and we are grateful for that. And genuinely, this is not a marketing line. This is genuine appreciation for our community and the support for our local farm and other local farms too and
0: awesome. we appreciate well, it i know we have listeners who want to get in touch uh, yep. want to stop by you know for, go ahead share the best ways to get get in touch there
1: well we have our farm store in bonita we are actually located on um, old 41 road between the shangrila springs and pottery is art And um, so it's a cute little farm store with a really big parking lot. So when you go by, you could miss it. So we don't want you to. And then we have our uh, website, which we ship around the country every week. And so that is um, another place that you can get a whole bunch of stuff on there. So we have recipes, we have videos, we have gallery photos, we have lots of information about meat and how to cook our meats and how to cook to, you know, to do it well with pasture raised and grass finished meats. So that's a plethora of goodness on our website. And so um, those would be great places to find our meats. We don't do wholesale, we don't do distribution. We um, do work with Wynn's Market in Naples. So we do drop our eggs and our chicken breast down there. And we are currently working with a couple of restaurants very exclusively. Uh, And so that um, those are on our website as well. And so you can enjoy supporting them. And that is, um, if you'd like, I can share those restaurants or, they can find them on the website, whichever. I
0: do Give a shout out to the restaurants. Okay. Go
1: ahead. All right. So to Chef Harold, we have Harold's Restaurant in Fort Myers. We also are with um, Chef Vin, uh, Vincenzo Petulia. So we are Austria, Tulia, um, down on 5th. We are also in the French, down on 5th. And depending upon the uh, recipe that they're working on, we will also be at Bartulia Mercado. And so those are a couple places that people can find some of our meats on the menu. Um, and with the Shangri La Springs, they're going to be opening up their restaurant here soon. So we will also be back on their menu as well for our proteins. So that's a couple wow. places. There's not that many places um, simply because we are growing, but we're only growing to a certain level um, in capacity that we've made a decision on because we want to make sure that we never ever change the quality the customer service, and we also want to make sure that nothing ever affects or impacts our animal husbandry and the way that we raise our livestock, because everything is done naturally, they're out on pasture, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and um, we we will never put profit over our farm or the the commitment that we've made to our livestock and our team. And so that's, we're keeping a really conscious balance about that.
0: Terrific. Well, Nicole, congratulations on all your success, both you and Manny, and uh, really appreciate you you spending time with us and sharing your expertise with (laughs) our audience.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you very much. (laughs) I appreciate this opportunity.